Okay, you lucky stiffs are getting a two-for-one on Friday. Not because you're deserving of it, but because I am so freaking bored. I'm trying to get motivated to do things I need to do that I don't particularly want to do, but I should do. Yeah, so I'm trying to psych myself up. <laughs> I even went to my favorite little um, diner to have breakfast, thinking that would be enough of a motivation. Food was good, but uh, here comes the yawn. <laughs> Food was good. The waitresses are really nice. Um, it's funny because they're all overweight, very unattractive women, but they're so nice. They're so friendly, and, and they're just good people. But they're nothing to look at, I can tell you that. Because then there's a younger one. She's like 19. My daughter and I were talking to her. She's like 19 years old, and she's pretty severely overweight and got jacked up teeth and stuff. Super nice. Just a very nice person. Um, so I don't go there for the women. I go there for the food. Um, yeah, and I don't, yeah, yeah, enough of that. Okay, let's get started here. Uh, let me get my... Let me get my other yawn out. I am always astonished. Shh, shh, astonished. One, with people who just seem to be unaware of things that I consider um, or, or think that people should be, you know, they should just know this stuff. So I'm always amazed. And I'm not talking about people I associate with. Uh, my core people, the core people I associate with, they're very aware. Uh, damn these yawns. They're very connected, very intelligent, every one of them. Um, you don't get stuff past them. You just don't. So I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about other people I run into. And they use my character. <laughs> they, they, they use my character phrase because... I have a phrase, and I say it with emphasis, and that is really. But the way I say it is dependent upon whether I believe. I, okay, so if I go, really, that means I don't believe you. If I go, really, that means I'm surprised that you believe what you're telling me. Not, not that you're lying. It's just that what you're telling me is wrong, and I'm surprised you believe it. So when I go, really. Like that, that means I don't believe you. When I go, really? Like that? That means I, I can't believe you believe what you're telling me. That's what it comes down to. Um, if I'm disgusted with you, I don't care for you, and I don't want to hear anything you had to say, I go, really? Like that. Yeah. Those are my three reallys. Well, I was talking to someone recently, and they kept saying, really? <laughs> and I couldn't. I was laughing inside because they weren't saying it with the three identifiable ways I say it. They weren't saying it like that. So because I couldn't identify their statement, uh, excuse me, really, at first I, I couldn't understand what was going on. Then it hit me like freaking, you know, like really. And it hit me that... Um, they were saying really because they didn't know. <laughs> I was laughing inside because I thought, George, you freaking idiot. They don't know. That's why they keep saying really. 
Um, the things we were talking about, I mean, were, we were talking about metaphysical, you know, quantum physics and all that crap. We're just talking about things I would expect. Okay, we were talking about spiritual things. Um, well, we're talking about a lot of other things, but one thing in particular, we we're talking about, you know, people and relationships and family and all that stuff. Uh, and they were saying, <clears throat> they were saying that there were some members of their family um, who, because of the type of people they are, they were, they hoped that they wouldn't have to see them in the next life. You know, I was surprised and I said, well, what makes you think you're going to see them in the next life? And they said, well, you know, everybody dies, they go to the next life. And I said, yeah, but not everybody goes to the same place. And they said, really? Like that. And I, inside I started laughing and I said, yeah, really? Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't even put it together. That's how I was I was so shocked at what they said. And I said, yeah, there's, um, I said, not everybody's going to be lumped together. People are going to be segregated, different kingdoms they go to. Um, I said, like it is in this world, there are people you associate with and there's people you don't associate with. There's people you never meet. You know, I said, that's going to be the same in the next life. Really? Then I thought, how many freaking times are you going to say that? And I said, yes, really. I'm telling you the truth. Why? Wow, I never thought about that. And I said, well, it's, it's true. I said, do you, have you met everybody on earth? No. I said, do you think you're going to ever meet everybody on earth? No. And I said, do you think you're ever going to get to know everybody on earth? No. And I said, well, that's, that's how it's going to be. The same thing there. And they said, wow, really? Uh, <laughs> then I just vocally laughed because I couldn't believe it. I said, do you realize you say really a lot? That's what I said to them. And they said, well, I just, you know, all these things you're telling me, I... And this is the point, this is what this podcast is about, two things. One, there are so many things huh, that we don't know about, we haven't learned yet. More than you can even imagine. They can't even be numbered, there's so many things. So, let's stick to that premise, first premise. There are many, many, a multitude of things that we have not learned yet. And we'll never learn in this life. There's just too many. And then there are many things that we have been taught or learned or seen that we're not always aware of. That's the other. That's my second premise, that there are things we have been taught, we've learned, et cetera, that we are not aware of because we don't. We don't keep them in the forefront of our mind or our ability to recall is, is very poor. Some people, their recall is horrible. And I mean, I have a friend, I'm sure everybody does, um, who I have to constantly remind him of what he said. Or I have to remind him of something that happened, uh, events and stuff. And he'll go, oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, well, for instance, he'll say, yeah, I remember that time we were up at uh, Strawberry Reservoir, and I was saying that it was Bear Lake. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. It's Bear Lake, Bear Lake. Yeah, I remember we went up there in August, and I said it was in July. Now, I'm not correcting him because I'm trying to show off or anything. I'm helping him remember the event accurately, not according to his memory, but according to the accuracy of, of the event. And then he, and it's remarkable because once I correct him, 
it's like his memory kicks in and verifies that yeah george is right it was july and george is right it, it, you know it was bear lake not strawberry reservoir he has horrible freaking recall terrible events names you name it he just, he just has horrible recall um but then out of the clear blue <laughs> this is what's funny about him he'll remember something and he'll just make the statement not now in the statement he makes or the re, the recall he has have nothing to do with the conversation he'll just blurt stuff out like yeah that was pretty cool he went shooting that time not enough information to talk to you know when he says that yeah it was really cool he went shooting that time he doesn't provide enough information to determine which time is he talking about when where where did we go when did we go who was there he doesn't provide any of that information he just blurts out something from his memory out of nowhere not related to the conversation and he just says it um some people yes we're going to do the three types of people there are the aware then there's the unaware those are the first two people who are aware of things who people who are unaware and people who are aware of things when they're prompted now some of my memory is that way if i bury something deep 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 in my memory um and somebody's asking me about something like they'll say hey you remember that person uh we met when we went and they'll give all these details um and this is how my memory works sometimes if it's buried deeply they'll say yeah remember that person uh, we met when we went to Smith and Edwards and we were looking to buy a pistol and blah, 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 blah. And my memory will bring up like the first letter of the name. I'll say, yeah, I remember them. Their, their name begins with a T. But there's a lot of names that begin with, the, you know, Theodore. And then, of course, there's Ted and there's Thaddeus. So there's Thomas. There's several names begin with a T. I will remember like the first letter of the name, but I won't be sure in my recall what the name is. But if somebody else says the name, it triggers my memory to bring forth the name. So I'll, I'll say, and this is, this happens all the time with my kids, friends, everybody. I'll say, yeah, their name begins with a T and they'll say, yeah, I think it was Thomas. They say Thomas, I automatically recognize that's not the name. So I'll say, no, it wasn't Thomas. Um, oh, yeah, I think it was Ted. No, it wasn't Ted. No, it wasn't Ted. Okay. Um, Thaddeus. Oh, boom. And all of a sudden, when they say Thaddeus, my memory comes forth and verifies, yes, it was Thaddeus. Now, most of the time, I'm pretty aware, very aware of what's going on, and I observe, and all that kind of stuff. And there are those people who are that way. They're they're aware, and some are even I'm more hyper aware than anything. But but there are those people. They're hyper aware of aware. And then there are people who are just unaware. Unless they're prompted, they're unaware. And then there are people like myself. In some cases, where the memories are buried deep, where it has to be prompted. Someone has to like that name. Once they say the correct name, my brain kicks in and says, that's it. Now, awareness is something you have to develop. 
unless you have it naturally. I had it naturally because I was raised with Sicilians. You want to know people who watch everything you do? Hang around Sicilians. They watch you like a freaking hawk. They take pictures of you, the way your hair is brushed. Uh, if you shave, or, I mean, they just head-to-toe catalog you um, every time they see you. Even moment-to-moment, -moment maybe. You know, they look at the jewelry, you know, that you're wearing. I mean, they notice everything. If you chipped your tooth, they're going to know it because they, they check out every part of you. With women, Sicilian men... Look at women for symmetry, you know. Um, and you Sicilian men, you have the men who only want to see the breast <laughs> or the legs or the rear end and whatever, or the hair, the eyes, whatever. But then you have Sicilian men like myself who, well, in the minds, photographer, we catalog every single thing about the person. The size of their arms, the length of their fingers, what their feet look like, the whole freaking nine yards. But we focus more on the face, the head. That's the thing we take the, the, you know, the snapshot of. Because the symmetry and the construction of the face and stuff, well, allows, well, especially me, but allows us to recognize the person 25 years later after they've gained weight. And, you know, they they got bags under their eyes and all that kind of, and they're bleaching the piss out of their hair. doesn't do them any good. The disguises don't work. We recognize them. And what do people love more than anything? When you acknowledge them, you know. You, know, you see them, you haven't seen them in 20 years or whatever, and you go, hey, Barbara, how you doing? And she realized you called her by name. She knows you know her, you recognize her. What are women thinking of when men see a woman who's aged? What are women thinking when a man recognizes a woman who has aged or gained weight or something? Women know that that man, when he looks at her, is seeing her the way she looked when she was younger. And that's a compliment to women who have aged. Because they know they recognize me because they remember what I used to look like. And it's a compliment to a woman to remember her beauty, her poise, you know, um, her mannerisms. That's a compliment to them. Unless you're some lecherous SOB who needs to have his rear end kicked. We need, well, to function um, at our optimum, we need to develop that ability. The, the ability of awareness. We need to develop it. Um, it'll save your rear end, let me tell you. you know, if you pick up on the nuances that people uh, have, you know, like when they're angry or when they're happy or when they're fearful or whatever, and you learn their body language, you will know what the person's frame of mind is. You'll know what, what, where they're at. What they're, but they even may be dealing, you know, they're dealing with something they're afraid of, or they're dealing with something that's disappointing, or they're dealing with something that they're really proud of and happy about. It gives you a heads up on how you can mirror them to make them feel better or to mirror them to have some communication with them. Now, I've known some people who were not very smart, but they learned the awareness thing. I taught them the awareness thing. 
And it is remarkable what just being taught how to be aware or considering different things, techniques to become, to be aware and to, you know, work within that framework, framework of life with other people. Uh, it was amazing to see them. And the irony is, is these people who weren't too smart, once they learned the technique of awareness, it was amazing how aware these people became. Um, it was like, you know, Frankenstein, I've created a monster. Yeah, you know, because I'd be with them and they'd say, hey, you notice so-and-so? I'd say, yeah. What did you notice, George? I'd say, what is this, freaking 30 questions? He said, no. He said, you're aware. Tell me what you see. Because this is what I used to say to them. That's how I taught them. I'd, I'd get them in a situation. I'd say, okay, tell me what's going on. Well, I don't know. People standing around. I said, what are they doing? Well, you know, they're talking to each other. I said, okay, what, is that? what are those two people over there? What's he doing? Well, he's talking to that woman. I said, come off it. What is he really doing? Well, he looks like he's interested in her. I said, he's hitting on her. He's freaking trying. He's flirting with her. I said, he's trying to get her... Um, trying to get her interested in him. I said, don't you see? I said, look at him. He's standing close to her. He tilts his head and leans toward her head like he's going to tell her something secret. I said, he's freaking grooming that woman. He's trying to get her interested in him. And I'd say, okay, what about that person? I said, well, he's talking to a group of people. I said, okay, what's he doing? He said, I just told you he's talking to a group of people. I said, no, he's showing off. Look at him. He's leaning back. He's got his arms open. He's nodding his head. People are nodding their head. He's signaling them to agree with him. I said, what the hell is wrong with you? You can't see this stuff? Well, he did learn. Um, became quite good at it. And once uh, he was pretty aware, and this is what I'm going to teach you people, hopefully. When you become someone who was aware, as Sherlock Holmes would say, by observation and deduction, the next step is learning how to cloak yourself so you cannot be read like you're reading other people. It's essential. Yes, I'm using the E word. It's essential to you as an observer to not appear as an observer. You have to learn to cloak. So other people who are aware or hyper aware will not identify you as an observer because that's a talent. That's an ability you don't want people to know you have. And if they do know you have, you want to limit their understanding of how good you are, how capable you are. So you have to learn how to cloak. One of the easiest methods of cloaking is to give the other person all the attention. Give them the stage. Let them perform. Yeah, that's the easiest way. Let them shine. Compliment them genuinely, of course. Compliment them. Let them talk, you know, but don't keep your mouth shut. That's where a lot of people in the early stages make their mistake. They don't say anything. They just stand there. Well, that cues a person eventually that you're listening and, and, but you're not just listening to be polite. You're gathering information. So if you're going to do this correctly, you have to contribute to the conversation. You have to interact and you have to do it at the right time. You have to learn how to do it, how often to do it, and when to do it. Yeah. And and when you do, it's it's just freaking amazing. Um, people will be in the palm of your hand. Um, 
your enemies will not trust you and they will stay from away from you. They'll distance from you. Uh, but everybody else will be very comfortable with you. You know, um, I'm not one to tell people smile. I think, I think you smile when you genuinely are happy or you think something is good. That's when you smile. You laugh when something is genuinely good and worthy of a laugh. You don't just go, ha, 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 because it sounds phony. You genuinely laugh when it's funny to you or it's ironic. Whatever it is that prompts your laughter, it has to be genuine. Now, be advised. Yes. Now I give you the poison pill. You will not get past everybody. You won't get past me. If you think you will, give it a try. I'll freaking make you think that you're getting past me. Because <laughs> that's the art. You're supposed to tap into their imaginations and then control their subconscious. That's what you're supposed to do. And that's how you cloak. You control their subconscious. You prompt them and you direct them. You make them aware of things to distract them. That's that's how that's high level stuff. And that's mind game area. Yeah, that's within the realm of mind games, which many people are not. They like to think they are, but they're not. They're capable at playing mind games. They think mind games are insulting people or embarrassing them, stuff like that. No. True mind games are tapping into their imagination, controlling their subconscious, and directing them where you want them to go. That's a true mind game. Um, and, and using what I would say juvenile methods of embarrassing or, you know, criticizing and all that type of attacking that kind of that, that's that's low level stuff that's for amateurs if you want to do it right you tap into their imagination you discover their greatest fear or anxiety and then you use that against them as a weapon that's how you do it but it has another advantage too you can also be worked for good you can use the tools of manipulation if you want to call them that you can use those for good, too. And I do sometimes with people. When I see, when a person tells me that they want to work toward, toward a certain end, I may use that person's fears or anxiety or desperate wishes for, whatever it is, I will use that to help them achieve what they want. The only problem is that sometimes people lie to me about what they really want, and then I'm trying to steer them, and I'm, you know, I'm manipulating their mind and whatever, um, and they're going for something they don't really want, or they lied to me outright uh, because they didn't want me to know what they really wanted. So here I am working for them to help them get something they don't even want. It's stupid, but pe that's, that's people, people in general. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up. So what did we learn today, children? Yes, well, you're not my children. <laughs> I'm not paying your damn child support or alimony because I don't have none of you are my women. We learned you need to become the more aware you are, the more control you have of your own life, and the more control you have of preventing other people from unduly influencing or controlling your life. That's number one. Number two, awareness is something that can be learned. It all depends on you how aware you're able to become. Some people are very capable. It has nothing to do with brains. It has more with practice and, and following instructions, those two things. Just follow the instructions and practice. You'll get better and better. 
Um, we also learned that true awareness also requires a capacity to cloak. And that true cloaking is entering a person's mind or subconscious and controlling through manipulation the things that you want them to think or, or, or see or consider or whatever it is you're trying to do, the objective. Um, that's what it's for. The other thing we learned, it can be used for good or it can be used for evil. Yeah, depends on how you use it and why, why you're using it. And what was the very last thing? I didn't tell you. I'm going to tell you now. The very last thing is if you use it morally, if you use it for good, then the outcomes will be good. Unless somebody's lied to you like I've been lied to. Well, there's two things. If you use it for wrong, it's going to work against you. Okay. The other thing is, um, oh, how do I say that? I'll just say it anyway. I'm just going to say it to hell with it. You may become a very accomplished, very accomplished person in being aware and being able to exercise cloaking, your ability to cloak. So you may have a very high awareness and a very high capacity to cloak. You may. Key word here is may. Do not assume because you appear to be the master of your, of your craft around the people you're with. Never assume that you're not undetectable. Never assume that someone is not able to kind of climb your walls and do the same thing to you that you're doing to other people. Um, a person be, who becomes, you have to trust your feelings. When you feeling, I call it being scoped. That's what I call it. When somebody's doing this to me, I can feel it. Um, and, I've, and I'll tell you what, women are sneaky as hell. No offense, women. But women are sneaky as hell. You get a good, you get a woman who's very aware and skilled at cloaking, and she'll run freaking circles around you if you don't pay attention. Because men naturally disarm around women. They don't view women as a threat. Other men, yes, depending on the man. But most men will drop their shields around a woman. And a woman who is very aware and very capable of cloaking will run freaking circles around you. So what is my advice to the men? Be vigilant. Because if you're involved with a woman and she's good at cloaking and she's good at her awareness, she's very aware. Um, if you drop your shields, you may get played. Yeah. Me, I feel it. Um, I've had a few try it, but I always get this feeling. I can feel the energy, as they would say, most of them. I can feel their energy. I can feel they're scoping me. I can feel they're assessing. And uh, because I do it and done it, I've done it since I was a kid. So I'm well, very well versed on these things. So when somebody else does it, I can feel it and I can see the technique. I, I hear the phrases they use which I've used before. So I've become very aware that they're doing the same thing I do to other people. They're doing it to me. So what do you do in the circumstance like that? You don't reveal to them you're aware. Yeah, I'm going to say that again because some of you people are dense. You never make them aware that you're that they're scoping you, or you never let them know you know, unless you are a very, very high-level mind game player. 
Now, I never tell them, except in rare, rare occasions. Typically, I use body language to signal them that I'm aware. Yeah, my uh, massage therapist was one of those. Um, and I would just do a little smirk or say, uh-huh, okay. That was my cue. I'd go, oh, yes, yes. That was my signal to her, hey, I'm aware of the BS. I know what you're doing. And there have been other women. Uh, with men don't usually pull that stuff with me. Oh, they're, they're so damn obvious that it makes me laugh. But men, men are too direct to play that game, most men. It's women that I've had the greatest challenge with uh, and have dealt with frequently um, with this type of a thing uh, because it's natural, I think, for women because women, most women cannot compete with a man physically because we have the physical presence they don't have. But when it comes to the brains and the mind and all that stuff, yeah, don't fool yourself. Most women are very capable. Um very capable of using their brains and their savvy and their emotions and all those things. Then there's a special set of women who are hyper aware and very capable of cloaking. Uh, I mean, they're just like a second nature to them. Now the low level women will do what I call the woman, womanly wiles, the tears, the pauses, the head on your shoulder, the touching you, that's low-level BS. But it works. Um, or, or they open their blouse so you can see their breath. That kind of stuff works. And a lot of women do that kind of stuff. Um, use their body to disarm a man um, and to control him. The high-level women don't do any of that stuff. It's all willpower, mind, and spiritual energy. Those women can just give you that blank look that makes you feel like you've freaking committed the cardinal sin. I'm serious. And that's hilarious to me because I have had friends of mine, their wives were like that. Um, and <laughs> like when we'd go shooting, this is in the old days, we'd go shooting and then we'd go get some drinks or something. And we'd get to his house. One friend in particular was hilarious. We'd get to his house and, She'd come out to meet us in the driveway. I mean, it was, she was hilarious. So she'd come out of the driveway. She'd say, hey, George, how you doing? I'd say, hey, you're great. How you doing? I'm fine. Then she'd look at her husband and go, what did you do you don't want to tell me about? It was just, see, just that phrase would catch him off guard. And he'd freaking be looking for Perry Mason because he needed a lawyer. That's how well she and then before he'd say, well, she, no, no, don't, don't even think about lying to me. Cause you know, if I ask you a question, I already know the answer. That's how she controlled. It was hilarious. So he'd say, well, you know, we went shooting and then, uh, you know, George, George, you know, of course use me. George, George said, Hey, why don't we get a, go get a drink here while we're out. So he went drinking with George. <laughs> he just told her <laughs> he gave her the freaking answers. It was hilarious. So then I'd speak up and I, you know, I'd say, yeah, we just we just stopped off and got a couple drinks. You know, I like black Russians. You know, then she would say, "You sh are you shit faced?" Like that, and he'd go, "No." How many drinks did you have? I mean, it was just hilarious because she knew nothing. He gave her all the answers, and I would just be there laughing, <laughs> and she would kind of smile because she knew I knew what was going on. But he would just 
answer all the questions and be defensive and no, no, honey, you know, I would I wouldn't stop and go to anything to drink if George hadn't suggested it. He was blaming me for everything, and that's what made her laugh. Um, he didn't have to drink simply because I wanted to stop and get a drink. But I mean that. But that's what I'm saying. The high level stuff. She was very well developed, very hyper aware, and she knew her husband. Yeah. So the more a person knows you, who has that kind of ability, the more accurate and with great finesse, they can pull it off. They can make you think they know things that you haven't even told them. And that's what she was skilled at. Because she knew that when we went shooting, sometimes we got a drink. So she assumed that we, because we were getting home later, we must have stopped. So she was deducing. Um, that, that was what she was doing. She was just saying, okay, there, you know, they got here around five o'clock. So they must have stopped somewhere and got something because it was near the, you know, late fall, which means the sun was going down sooner. She was that smart. And he, he knew that it was better to tell her the truth than it was to try to lie to her. I'll give him that. He was smart enough to know that. And to prevent him from thinking that he could ever lie to her, she never gave him the opportunity to, to lie to her. She cut him off and, and kind of put the fear of God in him. It was, you just had to see it. It was pretty good. Okay, that's it. Now, what, what do we do, people? We evaluate my podcast, things that I've suggested to you, and then we determine whether or not it has merit, whether it has value to us as an individual, and whether or not it will benefit us and other people. And then we go for it. We say to hell with it. Right? Right. That's what you do. So that's your assignment. Yeah. Good luck. Because somebody might pull, somebody might turn the tables on you. So be careful how you do this thing. It might come back to bite you in the shorts. Ouch. That would hurt. All right. Goodbye.